Welcome to Worth Reading Wednesdays here at the Columbus Lounge Public Library System. This is a podcast hosted by CLPLS librarians about books we're reading and recommending and anything else that has caught our attention. My name is Tori. I'm the Children's and Teens Librarian here at the Columbus Lounge Public Library. And hi, y'all. I'm Nicole, and I'm the Acquisitions and Cataloging Coordinator. Nicole, how do you feel today? Today's a good day. Today you is know, a good day. I mean, we started the week last week with the new year and everything, and we talked about, you know, books and how we wanted to make 2021 a better year, and now we're on week two, and this is going to be a continuation of the wonderful things that this year is going to bring health-wise, mentally, physically, emotionally, all of those Elise. <laughs> Elise, yeah. I feel like I am just I'm trying to psych myself out. I try to not think about my good intentions because if mm-hmm. I think about how I'm trying to have good intentions, it mm-hmm. becomes performative in a sense. Yeah. And I'm like, I've got to do this. And, and then I like stress myself out with how much good I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So now I'm just like, no, we just being good. We're having good vibes. That's it. Yeah, good vibes. Stop it around. Good vibes for 2021, being unbothered by stuff that we shouldn't allow to be bothered by. Yes. I chose for my the year. word of the year. It is really? peace. Okay. I, I didn't know like people had words of the year until a couple years ago. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. But that's very doable. Oh. I can think of one word that yes. I want to like take with me throughout the year. Exactly. And so I found a, a quote on peace by Albert Einstein, a fellow Enneagram 8. Hey, hey, hey. And I was like, this is it. This is going to be me. I'm going to be peace. Well, peace as peaceful as I can be. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but, but I am going to be Tori's version of peaceful this year. It's going to happen. We're going to make it happen. There you go. Oh, look at me. I'm getting excited. Slosh my coffee. <laughs> I, um, I haven't, I mean... When I said the word unbothered, it's not necessarily the word that I'm really choosing. I think I, I haven't really just chosen that particular word. Um, but I want a word that's like that because I need to make sure that I stay out of things that I don't have to force myself to be into, yeah. if that makes sense. Sometimes I find myself in stuff because I've put myself into that. Oh, yeah. And it's like, no, Nicole, come, no, this is not anything that you even need to concern yourself with. I think it's a one thing, but I'm not sure. Oh, I and I've embraced too. my oneness, by the way. Like, <laughs> I have really started to even learn how to interact with you all, mm-hmm. my husband, my son, based on their numbers. It's like, I'm really trying to make sure that I know how to love and love them and accept them for who they are mm-hmm. by their number. And yeah. so it's helped a lot. Okay. But seriously, I need to stay out of stuff. I, well, hey, I told Clara last night we were working the night shift. I said, look, 2020 is the year of mine and my business. <laughs> like, mind your business. I started talking about something that had nothing to do with me. And I said, nope, Clara, I'm going to shut up now. Mind my business. It is the year of minding my business. And Man. I do that same thing. I get Because I just see something and I'm like... I'm that way too. Mm-hmm. I'm not a one, but I'm like, this could be better. We could do better. Let's right. do this better. And then next thing you know, I've got like 15. And I don't ever, I try not to complain about anything that I ever bring on myself because mm-hmm. I know I do it to myself. Right. So like, I try really hard to not just be like, oh my gosh, I have this and this and this and I'm so overwhelmed. Like, I don't think I'm, I ever feel overwhelmed because it's always exciting for me to just do another thing, but... 2021 we gonna scale it back mind your business mind your business (laughs) because you know if it if it doesn't directly concern you why are you inserting yourself into it because what ends up happening for me is that I insert myself into it and then I'm like man I don't want to be a part of this but you inserted yourself so girl either you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps and go on and deal with it because you stuck yourself in it or from the very beginning analyze it and go do I need to be a part of this? If the answer undoubtedly comes back no, or even if there's a question, no, I'm not sure, then girl, don't go in it. Right. Mind your business. <laughs> I feel like this is a very female problem, too. Like, <laughs> men are just like, whatever, you know? No offense to men who may be listening, but I feel like men don't have this issue of right. like, 
looking at something or having a situation happen in front of them and then be like, no, here, here's what, but I feel like men are just like, Oh, that sucks. And then they move on. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> They're just like, whatever. For sure. But, uh, wow, that might even be a good title for the podcast for today. Mind your business. Mind but then, you. hey, but then, too, we've got some great books to talk about today. I'm excited. I want you. you to go first because oh. I think for the last couple of times I've gone first. And really? I want to let you go first today. Oh, goodness. Okay. Goodness, goodness. So, what you, first of all, though. What you reading, girl? What what am I uh, right now? I'm reading Library Land. You gave it to me. Yeah, when you um, get done, I'm definitely wanting to read it. Ooh, it's it was billed. You told me it was billed as like a chicken soup for the librarian's soul. Mm-hmm. And one of the short stories in there really convicted me of how I interact with patrons. Is yeah, that a book? I'm glad that I picked that book as well as the other one that's called Librarian Tales. We also have that one as well. And maybe that can be a book that I pull for next week's okay. podcast. So that's what you're reading. I am. I'm well, currently reading that. I am actually still reading on the Enneagram book that I talked about last week. I'm really trying to digest it as much as possible. Take it time. Uh, slowly, girl. you know, and really just embrace so I can learn how to have a wonderful working relationship with all of you all as well as with my husband and my children. That's what I'm still reading. So that's cool. So what you got new? So, I have two new books. I've read both of them because they look so vertical. I couldn't get On the them. outside. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, this first one, I asked you to buy them for me, mm-hmm. for my section, because I kept seeing the reviews about it. It was popping up in my emails, because I, you know, I start, I try to know what's coming in new um, for children, and so now it's for teens as well, but yeah. you can't know every single new book that's coming out. Yeah. It's just impossible. So, but this one, it kept getting very good reviews. I mean, on the front cover, Lori Hulse Anderson, who wrote Speak, blurbs oh, it as wow. a masterpiece. Okay. And it's by Linda Sue Park. This is Prairie Lotus. Okay. And it was billed in all the reviews as a more up-to-date, more socially aware version of Little House on the Prairie. Oh, okay. And so reading the, I read the whole thing and then the author's acknowledgements in the back really helped me understand where she was coming from. So Linda Sue Park was talking about how she grew up and she read the Little House on the Prairie series Mm -hmm. like everybody else and she loved it. Mm -hmm. And she says, even at the height of my passions for those books, there were parts that I found puzzling and distressing. The character of Ma was the most problematic. Her values of propriety and obedience over everything else seemed to me both misplaced and stifling. And Ma hated Native Americans. And mm-hmm. several episodes throughout the series, she's talking about episodes in this sense. She's talking about like episodes, like scenes in the book. She oh, okay. She's not talking about the TV show. Oh, okay. Because she could not, she said she could not stand that Pa didn't have a beard in the TV oh. show. <laughs> and so like she stopped watching it. She was like, this is not right. <laughs> and so she never really fully watched the TV show. Mm-hmm. So, and she says in several episodes throughout the series, Ma expresses that hatred. While I could not have articulated it at the time, I harbored a deeply personal sense of dismay over Ma's attitude. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it meant that she would never have allowed Laura to become friends with someone like me. Someone with black hair and dark eyes and tan skin. Someone who wasn't white. Mm-hmm. So, Prairie Lotus follows Hannah. And Hannah is, her mother was Chinese and then her father was white. Okay. So her mother actually grew up in China. This is set in the 1800s. Hannah's mother was raised in a missionary school in China by white Americans who had come over. And she asked to come to America. And they actually funded her mother to come there. And she met her father. And she was actually working. Hannah's mother was working for Hannah's father as a seamstress. And they actually legitimately fell in love. And they got married. And they had Hannah. And so now her, the backstory is her mother has passed away. And when the book opens, you're following Hannah. She's on on a covered wagon trying to make it to, I believe, North Dakota or somewhere in the Midwest Mm -hmm. because her father and her have moved. They had that shop, a dress shop in California, but her mother passed away. And so they moved out somewhere where her father has a friend. And in the very first, like, one of the very first scenes in the book, this group of Native American women and children come up on her. 
and she was like, oh, do you want some food? And they share food. She can't understand their language, but they show her how to make prairie root Aww. and they like talk to each other without really talk you know yeah. it's like hey do you want this do you and it's like so such a quiet scene but in the back of her head she's like i hope paul doesn't come Aww. because she recognizes that her father loves her but she also recognizes that her father has a, a white bias mm-hmm. and how he could read the situation a lot differently than she would there are times where she's like i don't understand why people like <laughs> and i was giggling at that because she's like i don't understand why people think they came here, and they're taking the land of people who are already here. What is that about? <laughs> I'm like, yes. And the way it talks, you know, this is a middle-grade reader. Right. And it, it talks like a middle-grade child would talk. Right. Like, that middle schooler who's just figuring out something's not mm-hmm. right. And she's like, what? <laughs> but, like, you know, you're still trying to be respectful of right. the adults. But you're like, oh, this looks, this sounds fishy. <laughs> right. Or, so, as my, or as my middle school daughter says, that sounds sus. Suspect. You know where that's from? That's from Among Us. Have you really? ever heard of Among Us? I've heard of it, but never really looked into it. I would love to figure out how we can play it in the teens Discord. services. The Discord, if I could get enough people interested. But it takes, I think, about eight people. And we would have to get on the voice channel because you play it. You're in a compound out in space. You all have tasks to do. Okay. Somebody's the imposter. And everybody oh. else is just trying to get these tasks done before the time runs out. Oh. And somebody go like the imposter's job is to kill people oh um and so when somebody dies and somebody finds a body you all get together and you have to talk about who did it who you think did it mm-hmm. and then you either decide not to vote on somebody or you vote somebody out and then you see if you got the right person it's mm-hmm. very fun and oh, yes it is okay. very sus but and i will say this book does have a an incident of assault in it. Okay. But it's very, it's not traumatizing in any way. I think it's very readable for a middle grade reader. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, so Hannah and her father get to the town of LaForge. That's where they're headed. And his father is best friends with the lawman there. Okay. So he's got a good guy in his pocket. Okay. And the lawman is very accepting. He understands that people are not going to accept Hannah because she looks Chinese and, mm-hmm. you know, she has questions about her eyes and they use prejudicial language to describe her. Um, mm. and they, they assume she's like everybody else. And there's one conversation she has with one of, she finally makes a friend because she's going to the school and she comes into the school the very first day. She wears her bonnet the entire day because she doesn't want anybody to make a big deal about her. Mm-hmm. The second day she takes her bonnet off and then half the kids don't come back from lunch. Oh, because the kids who live in town are like, what are you doing? Mm. This is not that kind of school. I'm like, oh. you mean a school for everybody? Um, <laughs> and so it causes a very big rupture in the town that she's attending the school. And mm. so there's some, there's a compromise made that isn't, doesn't make her very happy. I don't want to give away the full plot, but mm-hmm. it leads to problems like that situation with assault. An older man grabs her off mm. and you know scares her and really messes with her mm. and um then she makes she makes a friend her friend is the daughter of the lawman who goes to the school as well the lawman's wife is the one who is not as accepting and there are conversations where she is talking about how she's kind of learned how to defend herself and she's living through her mother's legacy she's reminding her herself constantly of what her mother's told her about her own self-worth and her mm. own value and in this conversation where that friend's mother is making derogatory remarks about her race she's saying well did you know there were studies done and they're they're talking about one of the railroad companies mm-hmm. out in the west said that Asians who were working in the railroads were causing a lot of problems and she's like actually did you know it was found out later that he botched that report just so that he could lower the wages for those workers oh. and they were actually found to be the cleanest workers in the camp <sighs> i think it was something about how they were spreading diseases and that mm. wasn't the case she just defends herself and she's like hey this information you got is wrong yeah. here's what really happened and that's that makes that mother go like so mad I'm like facts yeah what do you want to do anyways exactly so it's a very very oh look nicole my favorite part i remember you gushing about it and how good it was my favorite other folks yeah my favorite parts about the book are like very mundane though like i don't i love reading a character who does very mundane tasks if an author can do that really well i love that because Mm -hmm. 
like she's shining her father's shoes and she's making cornbread and Aww. she's like sewing. A big part of her experience in this book is trying to get this shop set up in this new town mm-hmm. and she's cutting out patterns for the dresses and she's Aww. like and I just I found that so comforting. Um mm. she's just in her home doing the things that I don't know. I loved it. So that was Prairie Lotus by Linda Sue Park. Highly worth the read. Yeah. The, the front cover is gorgeous. It really is. I like the way her hair blows on from underneath her her bonnet. It, it blows out from from the wind. And I love how she's iridescent and how her mother and her father on either side of her as a little girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. It's 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 got really pretty colors. Definitely. And if you want to get real English majory about it, you yeah. know us. Mm-hmm. She's emerging from her shell. She's taking her bonnet off. She's That's standing right. into her own. Yes. Oh, the symbolism. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right now. All right. But the next one. Okay. First book of 2021 to make me cry. Oh. Was the Once and Future Witches by Alex E. Harrow. And I grabbed this. This is these are both 2020 publications. This one, I was like, yo, that's a that's a bigger book. Right. I don't want to read that, but the cover is so gorgeous. I know. That's why I snatched it. It's like, let me see what this is about. And so I finally read it. And woo! Okay. So Well, first of all, I want to say, is it really truly about witches? Because mm-hmm. Okay, great. Because I don't, my mother will will cringe if she hears me say this, but I've really been intrigued by witches lately, probably within the last year, or not intrigued as in I want to practice witchcraft. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying (laughs) is, is that intrigued by the stories that are being told about witches in that how people thought of them as witches, even with some of the simplest things that they could or would do. Definitely. For instance, anything dealing with herbal remedies and mm-hmm. things that were thought of as being witches, but now it's starting to come back. And even some of the books that are coming out are saying, like, this is not a particular title, but like a, a title that might would say, Embrace Your Inner Witch by learning how to use herbal plants to for, you know, home remedies or something to that effect. So that's kind of been popping up for the last year yeah. in books that I've seen coming through. And I've picked up a couple. And not just that, but I do like the fantasy of witchcraft. For instance, I love the Charmed series, the 1990s version, a lot. I used to watch it a whole lot. But I also watch the new Charmed series that's out. I didn't watch it. Because I loved the old one so much that I didn't want to, but I should. I wanted wanted to give it a chance. Mm -hmm. And because it was a different set of of cast characters, you know, they've got one young lady, she's mixed. And the other one, the other two are Hispanic. Okay. And so I wanted to give it a chance. And really, to be honest with you, the only thing that I don't like as would be, I guess, connected with witchcraft i'm going based on what i've viewed in television and in the fiction world not something that i've actually known of in real true scientific terminology kind of way but anywho the only thing that i do not like as would be connected with witchcraft is the ouija board (laughs) aspect of it i my mother has horror stories from playing with the Ouija board and I'm not going to get into them but that was one of the things that I remember as a child that she was just like do not ever play (laughs) do not ever play and so the very first thing that I've seen like for for instance I tried to watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch I heard the new one's very dark it is because the very first episode okay and on another thing I don't play with is anything where Satan is supposedly glorified Mm -hmm. even though i watch lucifer (laughs) well and we did talk about the match.com thing but i don't right i mean that's hilarious but this particular that particular show sabrina the teenage witch the very first show she comes home from school satan's in her living room he's like okay i'm here to get your soul so that you can become a witch and i was just like wait a minute (laughs) we only 15 minutes into no so i didn't watch it because i was like that's too much okay so for charmed Mm -hmm. the new series the very first episode had them playing with the Ouija board, trying to bring their mother back from the dead. Ooh. And of course, I was disturbed because it was at the end of the of the show. It was at mm-hmm. the end of the show, end of the I'm sorry, end of the first episode. 
And Wilaney told me, she said, oh, Nicole, you should still try and give it a chance. You don't know. They might not play with it throughout the whole thing, you know. And sure enough, I watched the second episode and they were told by the white lighter, which mm-hmm. we all know from the... Leo. Yes, Leo. Forever in love with Leo. I loved Leo. Oh, gosh. He was such a white knight. And then there was, um, who was the other guy? Cole. Cole. Yes. I thought that name, like Leo and Cole, like I thought they were so like... I don't know. Like, you don't see many coals in, right. a, in a TV show. Right. So dreamy. So dreamy. Such a bad boy. But, uh, Sorry. <laughs> they didn't. That's okay. They didn't. Um, They were told by their white lighter, obviously, that they couldn't play with the Ouija board because of the fact that it could bring about the darker spirits and bring about somebody who was pretending to be their mother. Yeah. So it doesn't use it anymore throughout the rest of the TV series. So I was cool with that. But I said all that to say that I have purchased quite a few books I've noticed in the last year dealing with witches, fictional witches and witchcraft Yeah, that are some that are, you know, showing how what they can and cannot do mm-hmm. or those that are just coming into their own of finding out that they're a witch. So I'm interested to find out your book, The Once and Future Witches, what it's all about. Well, I want to put my own opinions about things. So I, when it comes to witchcraft, I was not raised in a household where that was, it was, it was a non-issue in my household. It was Mm -hmm. fictional and it wasn't, it didn't have any power behind it. Okay. And I think there is something to be said, you know, for Christians out there, there are Christians who believe that there are very significant issues behind the concept, behind witchcraft and culture, Mm -hmm. things like that. And I think that's, for them, that is a good concern. Like that's a legitimate concern. I'm not minimizing anybody's concern and then there are people out out in the world who do practice witchcraft as a legitimate religion or Mm -hmm. whatever their spirituality is for me i don't believe in it Mm -hmm. and i don't hold any power behind it so for me it's not a stumbling block like it may be to other people right and i think that's just a you have to use your discretion of like what you know is going to cause you issues and then what other people can read and not be bothered by yeah because I think there are a lot of other things in our world that have nothing to do with magic and are even more harmful. Yeah. And to me, it's a fictional story. Yeah. And the Once in Future Witches specifically, I think it's it's taking witchcraft and feminism and tying them together. Oh, okay. And I think it's doing that kind of cultural phenomenon that you were talking about, how like witchcraft is... It was like a scare tactic um, mm. to say that women should not be allowed to do things because right. they shouldn't be allowed to carry this herb because they're witches because we don't know what that is. And right. it's a lot about how, like, ignorance. It's mm. a lot about that. Like, you yeah. because it's the fear of something you don't know. Right. So you're going to ostracize it right. instead of learning more about it, how mm-hmm. it could help you. But the ones in future witches, you're actually following three sisters. And I am the third of three sisters. So it was hidden home for me. <laughs> it hit another level. Did you hear that witch cackle? I'm sorry. <laughs> I <laughs> no, had it to. was like it was like, okay, so you have three sisters and a side note is every woman in this world is given their first name and then their mother's name. Right? Okay. And a mother's name is not, you know, my mother's name is Sandra, not my middle name is Sandra. That's not what it's talking about. Their mother's name is a, a name given to them specific, like, by their mother. And that was, like, it doesn't come out and say it, but it's kind of like their witchcraft name. Okay. That's kind of where I paralleled it with my head. But okay, in this world, witches have been persecuted to the ends of the earth and back. Salem mm-hmm. has happened. Okay. And they are living in a town called New Salem. Okay. And it's pretty much a... a a given that, like, witchcraft is not a thing anymore. Okay. Except for it is. And mm. people, women just don't talk about it. Mm. It's like chicken cutlets. You don't talk about oh. it. I don't know. <laughs> women will know what I'm talking about when okay. I say chicken cutlets. Right. <laughs> um, you just don't talk about it because it's like, if you do, you're going to get in trouble or yeah. you're going to be ostracized or you're going to get killed. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be burned at the stake. Yeah. So, you're following three sisters the oldest is beatrice belladonna the middle is agnes amaranth and the, the middle one or the last one is james juniper okay and you're opening with james and james juniper she goes by juniper is very angry she's angry her sisters have left her behind with Aww. their alcoholic abusive father and she's running because she's wanted for his murder 
Oh. So that's a story there. Yeah. We're not going to get, this is, this book is almost, um, I think it's 502 pages, so it is a larger book. But mm. when I tell you, Nicole, I was thinking about it when I wasn't reading it. Mm. I was like, I want to know what happens next. I want to know it. Like, I was at work, and I was thinking, oh, what happened next? Like, that's the, the kind of book this is because there's so much jam-packed in here. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones we love that it's, make us think when it's not, when we're not reading it and it's sitting off to the side and you're like, I really want to know, do I want to stop right now? What, what else do I have to do today? That it I really to- is. <laughs> and it's got the sci-fi fantasy sticker and it's very fantastical. Like mm. it was, it was, I had, I had my head in the clouds, like wondering what these characters were going to do. Yeah. And so it touches on so many things. It touches on race. It touches on sexuality in okay. the 1800s. There's a lot going on here and I don't even want to tell you most of it because okay. it's just, there's too much and I feel like I'll go too far. But so if we were going to really say what book really exemplifies today for the name of our podcast, Worth Reading Wednesdays, this is it. I think so. I think it's worth a read. Um, okay. So Juniper gets in town and an event happens that all of a sudden Juniper is in the town square with, and she's looking up at her older sisters and they're suddenly there. And come to find out, her older sisters have been in New Salem this whole time. They didn't know they were there because you learned that all three of them have fallen out with each other. Oh. Like, James, Juniper, Agnes Amaranth are not talking. Beatrice Belladonna, she goes by Beatrice. She goes by her her regular name because Mm -hmm. she's more academic. She works as a librarian. (laughs) And she is just, if anything, she's an Enneagram five. She's very in her own head. (laughs) She's academic. She's transcribing these manuscripts for people. She's like, this is what I'm here to do. I am not dealing with witchcraft. I've got things. I've got to make a living. I have to survive. Yeah. So Agnes Amaranth is in New Salem and she's working at a, a mill factory. Mm-hmm. She's a seamstress at a factory, mm-hmm. and she is in a boarding house. It's dingy. Her there are descriptions of her stove being very rusted and gross, and she's on the other end of the spectrum where Beatrice Belladonna is in that educated realm. Mm-hmm. She's living at the university. She's comfortable is the word I would use. She's comfortable in her life. Mm-hmm. Agnes Amaranth is on the other end of the spectrum. She's in poverty. She is. <laughs> She is on that same track. I am trying to survive. But yeah. she uses some witchcraft here and there to, you know, light her room in the day. Right. Blah, blah, blah. She's not so far removed from it that she can't do a couple spells here and there. Right. And I, I just got Sandra Bullock vibes. And, and It is very practical magic vibey. Oh, because okay. they're in this world, to per, uh, perform witchcraft, you need the words, the will, and the way. Oh. Those are the three things you need for a spell. And so you also need, and at, at the beginning of every chapter gives you a, um, a little saying for a spell and the ingredients required. Mm-hmm. So, for example, here's one for chapter 13. Tell your tale and tell it true. Cross my heart and hope to die. Strike me down if I lie. A spell for secrets kept and told requiring bindweed and blood. Oh, wow. So it gives you little things throughout, but it's it doesn't really play. And, I mean, it, it gives you... A suggestion of what that chapter will be about. Oh, okay. Um, so if you pay attention to them, you're like, oh, something's about to happen. Right. And then something happens. And you're like, oh. <laughs> so the three sisters collide. Their live paths collide together. And then this is all happening in the backdrop of women's suffrage movement. Oh, wow. And that's how it gets started. James Juniper is like, oh, y'all trying to let women vote. Okay, <laughs> I'm angry. Let's see what can happen. <laughs> Because James Juniper is very much the maverick sister. Mm. She's like, I don't care. I'm going to do whatever I want. Results be darned. Like, I'm out here to do, and you're going to know what I want. And here's how, like, she's very, Mm. like, a go-getter. She will step over anybody to get there. She doesn't care about the consequences. I see. And then the middle sister is, she's very motherly. That's all I'm going to say about that. She's motherly. Let's just stop it there. Okay. And then, like I said, the older sister's very intellectual. Right. I did want to read a couple passages. You know me. Yes. The language that this author uses is very striking. The first thing is she's talking about leaving home. Okay. And she says. This is James, right? Yes. Home is dogwoods blooming like pink-tipped pearls in the deep woods and the sharp smell of spring onions underfoot, the overgrown patch where the old barn burned. 
and the mountainside so green and wet and alive it makes her eyes ache. Home is the place that beats like a second heart behind Juniper's ribs. Oh, wow. Right? Oh, the, oh, don't you love a good wordsmith? Oh, this, uh, this author knows what she's doing. And she is here to hurt your feelings in a good way. Okay. And so in this next scene, she's having an argument with one of her sisters. And she call, she's calling her sister out on something that she's doing. And it says, and what about the lovely Miss Quinn? Is she a wise attachment? Bella's face goes gray, her shoulders hunching around some unseen wound. I, I, I don't know what you mean. She sweeps from the room. Then Agnes is alone, feeling like a snake or a shard of glass, something that hurts if you hold it close. Oh, my word. This, I, I was like looking out. This is the kind of book that like you read something and you look off in space for a minute because you're like, yeah. Ooh. Right. Like, you literally have to let that sink in. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a doozy, and it's such a good doozy. Mm. It hurts so good. This section, it, it it talks a little bit more. It gives you that vibe that I was telling you about, like, where witchcraft and fe- feminism are aligned. Okay. There is a very heavy feminist tone to this book, and it's very angry. Okay. So, I'm not going to lie and say that this is, like, a fluffy story. No, it's an okay. angry feminist book. Okay. And you should know that going in, but... So Agnes is speaking with a man that she's had to come in contact with because they want to learn some of his witchcraft. Okay. Because men do witchcraft too, but it's a different kind. Oh. And they don't talk about that there's male witchcraft either. So okay. she's been talking to this man and she's, I just want one thing from you. And then it turns into a little something different. Okay. And so she's, she sees this man and she's very like, he wants to have power over me. And I'm not willing to give him that power. Mm. So this is the beginning of the passage. He recovers with visible effort. Still, I wish I'd been there to protect you. He looks at her through the pale haze of his lashes, warm and handsome, perhaps a little expectant. She says nothing. The longer she says nothing, the more troubled his look becomes, like an actor whose leading lady is departing from her script, refusing to play her part. Mm. Now is the moment she's supposed to fall weeping into his arms. She's supposed to be distraught, delicate, undone. He's supposed to comfort her in her hour of need and in her gratitude. Well, who knows? Mm. So she's recognizing, like, I'm not going to play this part for you. Mm. Like, that's not what I'm here for. And if that's what you wanted, it's not going to happen. So I can see that feminist undertone. But I've been taking up too long, so I'm going to move on with the next book. This was Once and Future Witches. It is very good. Very, very good. A thick one, yeah. but definitely a worth reading. Yes. And then the, the other two books that I have are the red books. Okay. In our, these are both the in our children's section. The Once and Future Witches is an adult fiction in our fantasy and sci-fi section. Okay. But anyways, these next two, like I said, juvenile nonfiction. The first one is going to be Florence Nightingale, The Courageous Life of the Legendary Nurse. Okay. This is a biography of her. And I was just fascinated. I read this and I realized that, you know, my impressions of Florence Nightingale extend to her sitting on a hospital bed with a lantern or a candle, just yeah. being real nice. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. She was the first nurse. Yep. That's where my expression impression of her Mine ended. Too. Turns out she was like the head manager of a hospital uh, for ill children. And then she was given the job of managing all of the, I think, hospitals or hospital camps or whatever you would call it for the Crimean War. Mm. Like, she was head of health for the Crimean War, which was the war of, I believe, France and England against Russia. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I read this. But I just walked away with such new appreciation of Florence Nightingale. And it's very approachable for the juvenile reader. It's got... It talks about how she wanted to be a nurse and basically gave up anything and everything she could to follow her dreams. Mm-hmm. So that's Florence Nightingale, The Courageous Life of the Legendary <laughs> Nurse by Catherine Reef. And then the last book I wanted to show you is called Go Show the World by Wild Canoe. Okay. A Celebration of Indigenous Heroes. Okay. This is pictures by Joe Morse. And this is a little bit older. It's 2018. Well, Florence Nightingale is 2017. This mm-hmm. is 2018 and it's celebrating... 
Native American history. Yeah. And the illustrations are gorgeous. Oh, oh. my gosh. Yes, they are. So, Wabkanoo actually serves as, he serves an office in Canada. He's part of the, let's see, he's part of a tribe in Canada. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. A member of the Midewin tribe. Mm -hmm. He, it's basically an inspirational, it's kind of poetic. Okay. And it, it highlights notable Native Americans. So Jim Thorpe was a very famous, I believe he was uh, a football player. I believe so. Obviously you have Sacagawea mm -hmm. and some other lesser known Native Americans that you okay. don't hear about. Like Sula Flesh Picot was okay. one of the first doctors. Oh. Yeah, she's a, and then you have, let's see, I think. Pegamagabo. He was okay. a World War One veteran. Oh. Like, I had never heard of some of these people. And I went and actually, in the back of this book, you have quick explanations of who they were. Yeah. But this is one of my favorite illustrations. It shows yeah. younger Native Americans walking through the woods. And in the back of the woods, you have grayed out visuals mm -hmm. of Pegamagabo, Jim Thorpe, Sacagawea standing in the gray like they're coming from this history walking into the future oh wow and it's such a good symbolism for that and I yeah. love it so at the very back you have the author's note the biographies of Sacagawea Jim Thorpe you have Dr. Susan LaFleche Picot Francis Pegamagabo Beatrice Colleton Moissner Tawazi Dr. Evan Adams John Harrington Crazy Horse Carrie Price Tecumseh Juanique Horn Miller and then we have Netnoqua and those are all the individuals who are listed in this book. And it tells you mm -hmm. who they were. Like, Tecumseh was a Shawnee leader. Mm -hmm. And he helped defend what is now called Canada from the invasion at the first year of the War of 1812. Okay. And it gives you their... So, for Crazy Horse, Crazy Horse is the American title for him. Right. But it also gives you his actual name, name. in his native language. Yeah. And it's pronounced Tesunko Witko. So, okay. And he was an Ogala Lakota war chief. Okay. Um, he's famous for defeating the U.S. Cavalry at the mm -hmm. Battle of Little Bighorn in 1876. So it's just so beautiful. Yeah. And it taught me a lot about some notable na Native American figures that I right. never knew about. So and some and we, that are still living today, like right. Evan Adams is exactly. So you know we we tend to forget sometimes about other minorities, and I hope I'm saying this correctly. You know, as an African American woman, I try my best to make sure. And speak as though, you know, the struggle is not just for African Americans. It's, it is a struggle for a lot of minorities. Mm -hmm. And when we say minorities, we say people of color, of all creeds, I guess. And living here in Mississippi, I will tell you, I don't remember being taught very much about the Native Americans to get to know. I mean, I know, you know, from what I've heard about our, you know, counties being named after them, but getting more detailed information about them. Mm -hmm. I mean, I never got that. Did you? Not really. I got the notables. Like, right. The notables. Right. I knew who Sacagawea was. I knew right. who Tecumseh was. I had to refresh my memory on Crazy Horse. I did not realize he was as big a role as he was, but a lot of it was like, I've seen images more than I've mm -hmm. seen the names. Right. Because they'll put an image of a notable Native American in a history book and be like, this is all Native Americans. Right. Which is not the case. Exactly. So. Right. Well. That was Go Show the World, A Celebration of Indigenous Heroes by Wab okay. Canoe. And he is, like I said, a congressman, I believe, in Canada. I don't really Neat. know the Canada po political sphere, but I think he's. Yeah. A congressman. An equivalent of a, yeah. a congressman. Okay. That was my... I'm sorry to talk... This is why I don't go first. I talk forever. And I, <laughs> I can't help myself. That's uh, why you always go first, because you well, know how to cut yourself off. Oh. <laughs> Girl, that's from being a teacher, teaching mm. not 50 minutes or on a block schedule, 90 minutes, but mostly on a 50-minute schedule. You got to get it packed in. Mm. Okay. So, for my new materials, I've got some nonfiction for you. And wouldn't you know, <laughs> one of my books... Is called <gasps> Killing Crazy Horse, The Merciless Indian Wars in America by Bill O'Reilly and Martin Duggar. So Bill O'Reilly is been writing, he I'm sorry, he has been writing quite a few nonfiction bestsellers of all kinds of different history-related information. Mm -hmm. And our community has really grasped the hold of him 
and his writing and they love it. And this is his newest one. I don't think it's a 2021. It is a 2020 for sure. But yeah, I definitely would have picked that up no matter what. So any of his killing somebody, he's killed everybody. (laughs) There's some books right over there. You can see he's killed Patton, Reagan, Lincoln. Jesus. Did he do Jesus too? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. He's done quite a few and they're well loved. So that's the newest one that he's got out. Again, that's Killing Crazy Horse, The Merciless Indian Wars in America by Bill O'Reilly. Next up, I have The Meaning of Mariah Carey by Mariah Carey with (laughs) Michaela Angela Davis. And I'm a big Mariah Carey fan. Uh, One of her... Her one of her CDs, I can't remember which one it was, saved my life during a very it wasn't a dark time. It was just a really hard and difficult time as a young adult, like nineteen year old. Mm. And uh, so, and then too, she has an amazing voice. We might not like how she sometimes is in real life, <laughs> how she can be truly divified, but her voice and a lot of the her words and her music has really just been really, really good. So I definitely wanted to pick this one up. She looks gorgeous on the cover, darling. So Mariah Carey, if you happen to be listening, yes, queen, yes, you are too looking nice. Your hair is just gorgeous. Her outfit is cute. Mm-hmm. And it comes with some pictures in here of her that is really cool, of her of her lineage, starting oh, wow. off with her mother, her nana. And I haven't read this, so, you know, it's going to be something that you would definitely want to look in into but just cute pictures of her as a little girl even her, her eyes are just see, gorgeous pretty people just begat pretty people look at those beautiful <laughs> yeah and right like her her mother's mother there's a picture in here of her so, looking glamorous right and so i mean you know just to be more interested in her life story i just definitely wanted to pick this up and see, this is the one that threw me. This is her ninth grade picture. She does not look like she's in the ninth grade. She looks like she's at a desk for an administrative assistant. Right. Her, you know? And then I remember when she got married to Tommy Matola. He did her wrong. Yep, I said it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he did her wrong, and I'm glad that she got from underneath that. And then, of course, I love the picture with her and Whitney Houston when they were performing the song for the movie Prince of Egypt. Mm. Um, so I love that. But a solid movie, too. Oh, yes, Man. for sure. So a lot more pictures in here, but definitely I I, I want to read it. It's not one I have read. I definitely want to read it. Again, that was The Meaning of Mariah Carey by Mariah Carey with Michaela Angela Davis. The next one. A memoir. The next one that I have um, that's new is Humans by Brandon Stanton. He's the author of Humans of New York. Which is your favorite. My favorite. Oh, my gosh. This, I'm not sure if this is his second. I think this is his second book. He published, yeah, he created Humans of New York in 2010. And then he really writes on this daily on Instagram. I want to say I mentioned Humans of New York on our podcast once before. He goes around and this one isn't Humans of New York, but this is just Humans where he has been across the world. And he just walks up to random people, I think, and says, hey, tell me your story. And in some of these, he's got full sentences. In some of these, he's got full-fledged paragraphs. But you would be surprised at the different what a picture says about a person and what he finds out about their life and i just love this and if we don't start looking as a as a group of people i hate to use the word humanity because humans is in the title but if we don't start looking at humanity the way that brandon has taken a look at at humans in general mm-hmm. we're we're going to self destruct so quickly because just by looking at some of these people, you would not think of either their successes or their failures or how they've overcome anything just by looking at them. And we judge so much on just looks alone. So this gives you some visual stimulation, but I would still recommend reading every single blurb or paragraph or page that discusses about these pictures. Can we stop at this page that you're on? Where it's this gorgeous portrait of this five-year-old little boy looking into the camera lens like he told you a joke and he's waiting <laughs> for you to laugh at it. Yeah. And he says, people take you to fun places when you're five, but unfortunately, you also have to study difficult topics. Today, I had to write toothbrush in all capital letters. 
<laughs> and of course that made me laugh. <laughs> and that's a little boy in Madrid, Spain. And yeah. I think it's very important that I think that's something that the internet, oddly enough, has shown me just through like the spread of memes. We all have a common experience. Yeah. Like everybody had that sewing box. Like from my understanding of the internet, everybody had that sewing tin. Right. That was actually the cookie tin. Right. That their mama put all the sewing stuff in. Exactly. My mama had that. My grandmother had that. Everybody. You know, we all have like a shared experience. Like so why are we so mean to each other? Because uh, it's easier. Apparently. I don't know. Ugh. It's People aren't thinking about people's humans and that's cool i want to read this I that's why i bought it Stop. i remember when i first found humans of new york on instagram and fell instantly in love if you're anything like me you need to be following that on instagram the stories are are so they touch so much some are sad some have happy endings but you just see humanity and I saw one of those pictures you were flipping through. It was this older man, and he was smoking a cigarette. And the only <laughs> sentence was, I should have invested more in my smile. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, you know, you never know what people are thinking. Stop it. This is an older woman. She's an elderly woman with white hair sitting on a park bench. And it says, I'm looking for a tall man, 85 to 90 years old, preferably a professional. Needs to have a good mood. But I, but other than that, I'm pretty open. <laughs> Go you. Buenos Aires. Okay. I recommend it. I mean, I think that's my worth reading Wednesday book. If you want to get out of your own head about all your troubles and everything, you just want to look and see what other people are thinking in their lives and actually have a picture and a face to go with it. Definitely pick up this book. And some, they don't actually have pictures of faces. Sometimes they'll have, the person doesn't want their face shown, but they will allow a picture to be taken of a different part of their body. I've seen people just have their shoes shown or hands shown or from the neck down or anything. So stop. This is too, I keep to, this is spread of grandpas and their grandsons. And it's this larger picture of a grandpa and his grandson in this street it looks it's like it's kind of a rundown street but it says he's my only grandchild every time he does anything i enjoy it the other day he pulled down the tv set i didn't even mind <laughs> in karachi pakistan and then on the bottom it looks like a european country and this grandpa and his grandson are sitting on some steps it says, we're eating cookies before lunch because Grandpa doesn't have any rules. Yay. In Paris, France. Oh, stop it. That's so, so, again, cute. that's called Humans by Brandon Stanton, the famous author as well as curator of the Humans of New York that if you've ever paid attention to anything on Instagram, I'm sure he's popped up and you just discarded it. But you need to really follow him on Instagram as well as to pick up this book. It's that looks Beautiful. like chicken soup for the human soul. Definitely. Like, no matter what. With pictures. Yes. I and bite-sized, quickly readable stories that will involve yeah. you in that person's life just for a second. And then my last new book that I'm recommending is entitled The Business Book, Big Ideas Simply Explained. And it's by DK Publishing. It's got several different editors. DK Publishing is really, really cool. I love DK Publishing, and they have had these awesome books that are called Big Ideas Simply Explained, and there's been quite a few, and I have just about all of them. I have to get some other ones, but this one that I brought today is called The Business Book. You know, 2021, a lot of people are starting to realize the abilities to start their own businesses, and they want to know a little bit more about business, and so they've got topics in here that range from starting small, thinking big just lighting the fire of human resources and leadership, making money work for you, managing your finances. So all of these different topics are bite-sizable, pictured, really nice type font. You know, I'm a font person. Mm -hmm. It's really clean and to the point. So you could just, you know, pick a particular section to look at and read it. And they've got charts and pictures and just all of this really helps to make the book digestible mm -hmm. for people who want to learn more about the, about the business or about business period. Now, it does come in 300 and well, let's stick with the basic. 331 pages. 
And then it has a directory that breaks down some of the, I guess, famous business people. Mm. So anybody that's still alive, you probably could, you know, go and send them some messages if possible and say, hey, tell me how you started your business. Or you could research some of these people who were great in business and see how they went about doing it. And then there's a glossary for certain words that will help you out. And last but not least, an index. It really is like an adult textbook, but it is. in a way that's not textbooky. Yes. Now, see, for somebody who really doesn't like... Yeah, you don't want to be talked down to. You want right. to just learn the information. Exactly. And it's, like, very visual. Very visual. It's like, here's how it is. Colors that pop out that make you want to look at it and go, you know, I want to read this. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, I just looked at this part that says, timing is everything. The reason a first mover does not always yield its promised advantages is that much depends on timing and therefore luck. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that may be the case for a lot of a lot of people who have come into being the movers and shakers in the business world. Yeah. You know, you it's because know. their timing was right. Or in this case, it could have very well been luck. But anyway, DK Publishing has published several of these. I'm just going to name off a few. They've got the Bible book, which I have, this book, the classical music book, which I just got, the crime book, economics book, history book, literature book, the mythology book, which I just got, the philosophy book, which I just got, the (laughs) politics book, psychology book that I just got. And the one I have yet to get is uh, Sherlock Holmes and I think Shakespeare's the last one I got to get. But they keep putting these out. And I'm going to keep purchasing them because they are fun. And when I say the covers, the hard covers are just pretty. They're pretty to look at. One of our coworkers, Catherine, is reading right now. She's reading the physics books. And she just told me this morning that she came across a little part in there that was so passionate and romantic. It was saying, and I'm probably not going to say this right, but she was telling me that it was talking about that, you know, particles in space. If they were connected Mm -hmm. before they got separated, whatever that particle feels, the other particle will feel no matter where they are in space. And she was like, Nicole, I had to read this to you because this was so beautiful and romantic. Uh, And she said, who knew science was so loving? So those are my new books for this particular episode. I will be making a very mad dash to try to make an order before this month is out. It's kind of hard right now because I've got so many different irons in the fire that I'm really kind of pulling my hair out. I'm trying to take each one at a time. All right, and last but not least, my my recommended book is making me a little sad, but I wanted to put it out there. So my recommended book that I actually have read and read multiple times is called Friends and Lovers by Eric Jerome Dickey. He passed away uh, this past January 3rd Aww. from a long-standing illness at the age of 59. He was a very profound author of African-American fiction on life, love, and lessons learned. And he was and still is and will forever be my favorite author. Mm. And so... I, I just I wanna I wanna honor him because he was he was the greatest. Uh, nobody knew he was sick. Uh, he was just that kind of guy where he did keep that part of his life pri- private. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that he was a fans kind of literary celebrity. Mm-hmm. He would talk to his fans, you know, at meet and greets and things like that. He was for sure hands on Mm -hmm. with his audience and he responded back. One of my favorite moments is from this particular book, Friends and Lovers, not to give the book away, but there is a particular character in there. He's a comedian. His name was Leonard and he met and fell in love with this woman uh, named Deborah. And unfortunately there has been an accident and there wasn't closure for me in the book. Mm-hmm. I wanted closure. And it stayed with me for very long. Friends and Lovers was actually published in 1996. Mm-hmm. So for a long, long time, yeah, I badgered Eric Jerome Dickey in emails, in Facebook, Messenger, in Instagram, and on his website. He, you could write to him. Mm-hmm. And I badgered for many, many years saying to him, I need you to write me a closure story for what happened between Leonard and Deborah." 
from friends and lovers. It doesn't even, I was like, it doesn't even have to be its own book. I even gave him suggestions and told him, you don't even have to give me credit for it. Like <laughs> all this. I was like, I just, I need closure. I'm not getting it. I, I didn't get that. Yeah. And when he came out with the book, The Blackbirds, mm -hmm. which was published a few years ago, I think 1990, 19, I mean, 2018, mm -hmm. he solved it for me. Aww. And of course, you know, I like to say that he did it because I badgered him. But when I read that in the Blackbirds, I knew he wrote that for me. Oh. And he's he puts he he does and I I guess I can't take all the credit because he does put previous characters in his newer books. Cause you know, it's just I think it's just cool for him to just look back at that particular character. And so he'll bring them in even from Friends and Lovers, he might bring in that particular character back into a twenty twenty book, you mm -hmm. know, just mm -hmm. because he felt like that would be a good way to insert it. But he did that for all these books. When I read that, when I say I felt seen, so on Instagram, I sent him a message and I said, thank you so much for giving me closure for that. It was the perfect way to bring a closure to a book, uh, to two characters that I really deeply fell in love with that I read from you. And um, I said, and it was awesome. Thank you. And he wrote back. He was like, you know, I had to do something for you like that. Oh, I love it. So my heart is broken. Rest um, in peace. Yes. Um, rest in peace, Eric Jorm Dickey. He was very, very, very good at what he did. A master at words. Anything he put out, I was going to buy. Yeah. So last night I put all of my books in order from beginning to end. He's got one book coming out this year in April, and I am looking forward to it coming out. I for sure will be getting a copy of it, not only for the library, but for myself. But definitely you should read Friends and Lovers. It's his second book. Okay. His first book is called Sister, Sister, mm -hmm. which is about two sisters who are, you know, managing their love lives and everything like that. But Friends and Lovers is really, really cool. And um, I loved it. And it was good. I cried when I first read it. Oh. These were books that I started reading when I was in, in high school. And he doesn't just write about love and life. Uh, he had this really big uh, series called the Gideon series, which was about an assassin. Oh, wow. And, and he would often travel to the different places that his books were were talking about mm -hmm. so that he could be authentic to the scenes. Yeah. And then last but not least, he uh, he just wrote really, really awesome love books. Mm. So that's that's my recommended book, Friends and Lovers by Eric Jerome Dickey. Anything else he writes, by the way. <laughs> Did you have a non-book rec? I have one quick one. All right. It's it's another weird one, but All right. I am on board for the non-book recommendations. Next Guard Bandage Tape. Yeah. It's squishy, but it's flesh colored. I'm hoping that they get some different colors in for different skin tones. Mm -hmm. But it is squishy tape, and it works kind of like a Band-Aid would. Okay. But I use it, like, I'm breaking in these shoes that I got for Christmas, okay. and I put some on the back of my ankles. Yeah. Because it is rubbing my ankles a little weird. Yeah. And it's just very helpful, and I okay. keep a roll in my drawer if you ever need some. Yeah. Well, mine is called Avacara. That's A-V-A-C-H-A-R-A. And this is a free anime avatar creator site. You can choose your gender. You can select from four different skin tones, which you know I love. Yes. You can build up your avatar with clothes, special items like glasses, and even add a wallpaper behind them. The selections are plentiful, so you've got a lot to play with. And lastly, you can actually make that picture and upload it so that you can put it in other projects that you may be, you know, involved in playing with. How do I know this? For my daughter's 12th birthday, she wanted an anime invitation done and I did her own invitations and that's where I made her avatar stop I want one and it was so cute and easy and fun and uh, I knew oh I know that you are the team coordinator that is working with discord and anime and all that wonderful stuff so if you decide you want to do that you can find us at avachra.com forward slash avatar forward slash again that's avacara.com forward slash avatar but anywho that's my non-book recommendation and okay. i think you'll have a lot of fun with i it. think i will too i'm gonna look it up this was a really good episode so yeah, i think good books yeah definitely good books y'all better check this stuff out let yeah. us know yeah. are we getting any good feedback um we have a couple of five star ratings on apple podcasts so i haven't like. checked spotify but yeah we could do the plug where you 
like and subscribe and share our podcast. Yes. It helps other people find us. Yes, for sure. Because we're having a lot of fun and we hope that you all are who do listen to us are having a lot of fun and are making eager plans to come to the library and check this stuff out. And Catherine has put the books that we talk about on the podcast out in our new bookshelf. That's in right. The downtown Columbus branch. As soon as you come into the library, yeah. it's that first shelf on the right. Yeah. So, yeah. If you're wondering where all these books are, yeah, they're ready and made available for you at your convenience. There you so. go. All right. Well, we love y'all so much. Thank y'all for listening to us. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.